Welcome to this week in Lebanon Warriors Athletics here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media powered by Sign Sports. I'm Jason Griefer. As always, we're joined by Lebanon Athletic Director Keith Pantling. And good to have you back with us, Keith. Uh, let's get we'll talk into some of your uh, winter sports here in just a moment. But uh, first, I want to talk about something that's getting underway here at Lebanon High School, been underway now for about a week now to try and give back to the community. And of course, it's it, it is important time as any that everybody who can give back does give back. And we're doing that right now with the uh, the annual food drive that's going on to uh, help out the Lebanon Food Pantry. Uh, in the past, raised over 15,000 pounds of food for to, to give to folks. We're hoping to exceed that this year. Uh, what's been the uh, feedback and the, and the outpouring of support from the community thus far? So far, so good. It's been a... Uh... Our, we have about 40 uh, kids in our uh, captain's council, which is some members from each of our teams uh, come together. We meet pretty regularly and do some some leadership type things, and then we do some outreach. Um, and so we, we had a great uh, initiative at Christmas time uh, where we raised close to $10,000 for some local families for Christmas. And now uh, they really rallied around this and want to uh, want to take this to a new level. Um, so really proud of them. There's there's some different ideas we're throwing out there with with COVID. It's a little bit different. We're unable to to kind of go to the grade schools and things and and uh, shake them down for cans, so to speak. So um, <laughs> just trying to get the word out. We have drop uh, drop spots at all of our our schools in the district. Uh, you can also drop them off at our uh, Warrior Fan Shop at Market 640. And uh, towards the end of the month, we'll collect them all and and again trying to get over that uh, fifteen thousand pound mark. Yeah, Market 640 is at 640 North Broadway. Of course, as you said, you can. There's lots of locations to a uh, to drop off that canned food, and uh, important for students to donate as well because you know two classrooms at each school who bring the most cans in there they they get a, they get donuts. So who yeah. doesn't like donuts? So why not uh, give back and then put, give yourself a chance to enjoy some donuts there and uh, donate to a good cause there. So Lebanon Lebanon Food Pantry needs your support. Uh, donate if you can there. It's certainly going to a, a worthy uh, cause for sure. Let's start talking about some of your athletic teams, and let's first start uh, on the hardwood here, and let's start with the boys. 10-2 uh, and two on the year, 6-1 uh, and one in the ECC with uh, two important road trips coming up here right now. You're sitting just you know right behind Turpin for the top of the league. You're tied with Walnut for second at 6-1, and one, but uh, interesting road trip you've got right now this coming week. You know, scheduled for a Little Miami and Kings, and uh, Little Miami is winless on the year. Kings has won just two games uh, in the league. So with that being said, pretty important right here against teams in theory you should beat. How important is that, and how how understanding are the kids are of the fact that these are two teams they should take care of and need to in order to keep pace at the top of the league? Well, more of that coach speak, Jason. I think they're just trying to take care of business and, and do what they can to, to play their best basketball. Um, with all the uh, the shakeups with the with, with COVID and the schedule, I think now more than ever they're they've just learned to focus on themselves and doing what they can do to improve. Um, we had moved a game originally scheduled for yesterday, which is Monday, I believe, to Saturday with Monroe. It's when when some of those uh, some of those uh, you know local uh, or regional events were canceled, and then um, now Kings was originally supposed to be later in February, moved up to this Saturday, and Friday's game with with Turpin now moved to later in February. So they're just kind of taking the next one as they come, and, and now more than ever focusing on what they can do to be playing their best basketball. With all the shaking and moving around of the schedules, uh, how 
how much cooperation and camaraderie are you seeing amongst the athletic directors within the ECC to try to get as many games in as possible, whether it be in basketball or somewhere else for these student athletes? Yeah, there's been a lot of conversations and we're, we're in a great room of, of ADs, um, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, each, each school is going to have a different stance or a different situation. You look at, you look at a Turpin that's missing uh, two weeks or uh, Milford's out right now as well. And other schools may be not competing for a title where, while others are and having to, to make sure we do what's in the best interest of the kids, but make sure there's still an opportunity for that, um, you know, that championship to be won and those matchups to occur. So uh, we're all working together to make sure we do what's in the best interest of the kids. Uh, but, but in a healthy manner, we don't want anyone yeah. playing five or six games that last week of the season. So we're trying to shuffle things around to, uh, to make sure it works best for everybody. Over on the girls' side, we talked last week about the the big matchup between yourselves and and, and Turpin, and, and you were able to get the win there, fifty nine to forty eight. So you sweep the regular season series with Turpin, then turn around on a Sunday and, and beat Springfield Central Catholic, beat them handily uh, in the game, and so you you got those nice two wins under under your belt. And I want to give a credit to a sophomore Kara Rogers, fourteen yeah. points off the off the bench in that game, and, and so yeah. a big factor there, especially for someone young like that to come in. And we we talked last week about the talent you have in, in as far as your upperclassmen goes, but to see someone like Kira coming off the bench and give you a big boost in a win like that, what kind of boost does that give to the team overall when someone young like that comes in and gives you 14 points? Well, I'm sure Coach is thrilled. Um, I wasn't at the game, but I do know they had a school record 12 three-pointers. But you talk about Kira. I, I love watching her play. I actually uh, said something to Coach the first time I watched them practice. Um that I just love her passion and her um, her hustle um, and her knowledge of the game. She has a tremendous basketball IQ and, and plays really tough defensively. Um, so adding that on the offense, um, yeah, that's a it's a bright future for her uh, in the program. And coach has to be ecstatic. I think just any any it just goes to show you. You know, you have a lot more practices than games, and to to see that development of younger kids come to fruition uh, late in the season is really cool. You're in a stretch right now where you're seeing a lot of uh, three-game weeks. You know, we've, we've got, you know, as, as scheduled right now, Anderson and then Kings mm-hmm. and then Sycamore by the next time we'll reconvene next week. That's scheduled for next Monday. Uh, how is there any concern right now as far as fatigue in the team because you're having to play these three-game weeks just to make up and try and get a full game, full season in? Yeah, I mean, there certainly is, and that's stuff we're talking about when scheduling and doing makeups. And we already have one shakeup that hasn't been promoted yet, I guess. But Sycamore, we're not going to end up playing that game Monday as they make room okay. for for rescheduling conference games, just like we are. So, um, okay. you know, you start you start losing non conference games to to backload with your conference games that are being missed. So, um, we just warn our 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 coaches and kids that there's going to be some uncertainty with the schedule, and um, you know they're they're taking it and, and doing what they need to do to just get ready for the next one. So, like I said, we'll, we'll do what's we're hoping to get 22 in and give them that full yeah. opportunity. But, um, you know, we're going to do what's safe and uh, try to avoid those four and five game weeks for sure. Let's move on to the wrestling, Matt, and uh, a really good weekend up at Western Brown for your wrestling team. They win the Hammer and Anvil Tournament, which is just a great name for a tournament, by the way. Yeah. So, and looking at some of the numbers, uh, Joshua Bonney, your sophomore, wins at 106. Luke Marsh wins at 152. A lot of other podium finishes that, that you have there as well, top five finishes and what have you. 
Talk to me a little bit about Luke Marsh and looking at the numbers. He's 13 and two on the year with eight pins. Pretty darn good yep. uh, start to the season right now. What have the coaches said about his level of consistency that he's put out there each time out on the mat? And how does that permeate throughout the team when they see him performing match after match after match? Yeah, he's just a competitor. I think he sets the tone in that room uh, for coach. And uh, he was actually just down here. He's going to be our student athlete of the week. He got his 100th career win as just a junior. And I know coach is really stoked for him. Um, you know, used to be a three sport guy. Now he's, he's doing wrestling and baseball, but really aspires to, uh, to wrestle at the next level from what I'm told. And he puts a lot of energy and effort into it. Uh, great kid, great family. I've heard nothing but great things. And I look forward to getting to, to know him more uh, over the next year. But um, yeah, just, you know, the, the wrestling program in general, um, when I started having conversations with Coach Hensley, uh, they had, I believe, seven or eight uh, district qualifiers last year uh, that left the program due to graduation. And so there was kind of this expected lull. And uh, you talk about younger kids stepping up and continuing to build, uh, not necessarily rebuild, but reload. Um, yeah. That room is filled with some tremendous wrestlers that have just stepped in and now they have their opportunity after some of these big names, if you will, have graduated. And um, I mean, they're, they're not skipping a beat and they're, they're pushing. They kind of have an underdog chip on their shoulder uh, after losing a lot of those guys. And it's really, really cool to see them work and that pay off. Where do you give the credit to in that instance where you lose so many guys from last year and the next crop comes in that is fairly young and they seemingly pick right up? Is that on the kids for understanding what's what the tradition is? Or do you also give credit to your coaches as well to have the next crop ready to go to where they don't miss a seemingly miss a beat? I'm going to use that word that's thrown around uh, a lot these days is culture. Um, you go into that wrestling room, um, you see those kids walk around school um, they're, they're on the same wavelength, the way they work, the way they train. Um, there's just an attitude and, and that program just has a, has a total alignment, uh, from the youth on up, the youth programs exploding, um, the junior high, the, the junior varsity, I mean, top to bottom, the, the coaching staff does a phenomenal job. Let's jump into the uh, pool here and, uh, interesting seeing the postseasons coming near. And of course the ECC, uh, tournament coming up. Yep, excited for well. Saturday. Yeah, how, how are how are how are they feeling? Uh, are they feeling at the same excitement? I think so. As I mentioned before, I think just getting into more of a, a tournament format. Um, there's been a lot of duels and things. Excuse me. That um, you know, I don't want to say glorified practices, but you you know, you just want to get into one of these traditional yeah. meets um, and see how you stack up. So um, they've been working really hard. As I mentioned, they had some tremendous competition. Uh, throughout the year, but uh, this is kind of a, a, you know, that first time where we're measuring up against the ECC, especially being in a new conference. So I think there's some excitement surrounding it. And uh, I'm excited to get out there and watch them at Milford on Saturday. How have they approached going into this? It's it's a little different with swimming than other sports in that you're not, you can't play defense, so you can't stop somebody from – you can't jump in the pool and stop somebody from trying to get to the wall and whatnot. You're going as much against the clock as, as anything else, and, and we've seen some of the, the times come in for both the boys and the girls and individual and the teams, and it's, it's a quality league from top to bottom. How are they balancing looking at what other teams are doing along with trying to improve their own times? You know what? I, 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 am not entirely sure, but I, I assume those at the top, mm -hmm. um, 
that are heavily involved in club and other things, uh, yeah. whether it's at the Lebanon Y or over at Mason or what have you, um, they uh, they have an understanding of of who the top dogs are that, that they're going to be going up against in this conference and and kind of the marks uh, that they need to get to to uh, to place or get to where they want to be. Um, so I think those those at the top that are really competitive and swim have an understanding of of who's going to be in this one. But um, the majority, it's just improving your time each and every time out. I mean, that's that's the name of the game in swimming. And, um, you know, it's it's a cool game in that uh, cool sport and that you're competing you know, strictly against yourself. I mean, uh, you yeah. can't catch somebody else unless you improve what you're doing. Let's talk about your academic quiz team here. Coming off a couple tough losses to uh, to Turpin, but now the schedule get, gets a little more favorable uh, over the next couple of weeks. You're going to get Winton Woods and uh, Milford over the next couple of weeks. They're both winless on the season thus far. Again, it's early in the, it's early in the season, so a long way to go. A lot of things to be uh, to be determined here. Uh, how 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 are they are they seeing the fact that this is a real good opportunity these next two weeks to pick up four wins and uh, try and keep uh, try and keep pace with some of the uh, top tier teams in the league, especially uh, Little Miami has had a, a terrific academic quiz team for uh, for a long long time. I think they're just moving on to the next one and and seeing what they can do and seeing how things shake out. They have a host of t- uh, tournaments and things they typically do in the spring, so we'll see if all those occur. But um, I just think they have a, they have a great time. Um, and uh, I don't know that they're necessarily looking, you know, uh, ahead regarding, you know, what, what the other team is. I think they're just taking the next one as an opportunity to go uh, to go have fun, man, answer some questions yeah. and, and see how it shakes out. So they have, they have a lot of uh, really good time together. You read my mind with the follow up there. A, a lot of folks would look at an academic quiz team and competition as a lot of work and a lot of hard work and it is, and I don't, I don't want to discredit the work that, that, that these, these student athletes are putting in, but a lot of people would have that perception of you're just studying, studying, studying material to try and fill your brain as much as possible. How much fun do these kids have in these matches or even in the preparation leading up? Uh, a ton. And I think they, they, uh, they join in cause they join in with their friends, much like, you know, any sport or extracurricular, um, so they just enjoy each other's company. They enjoy the work they're doing together. And, um, you know, I enjoy watching them enjoy it. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I think it's awesome. I think it's an awesome opportunity and I'm glad it's growing the way it is. Uh, and it is a competitive thing for these guys because it's a, it's a great group of kids. Let's talk about your uh, two bowling teams and, and, and we're, we're saved them for last because of how dominant they've both been uh, in the, in their first years. Uh, in the ECC here. I want to start with the boys first. You know, they're sitting right now at seven and one in the league, you know, chasing West Claremont. Everybody's chasing West Claremont. West Claremont has not lost uh, mm-hmm. this season. This is a really, really busy time for this boys team coming up uh, in the next seven to 10 days. A lot of matches scheduled uh, right now, but one of those in particular is at least, at least as is set up right now with West Claremont coming up a little bit later on this week and and it could very well end up deciding who wins the league and who doesn't win the league there. Uh, So, you know, West Claremont has been a team that throughout most of the season, they've pretty much blown through everybody have not been challenged a whole, whole lot uh, thus far, but you certainly have the athletes to give them all they can handle. And and then some Uh, take Warriors fans inside this matchup here and, and how, how you think your team can, can match up with West Claremont and try and get the win. 
Well, from what I know, we, we just have a very deep team um, that they continue to push each other. Um, and it's really raised the bar, as you mentioned before on this show, that there's a couple, uh, several that have over a 200 average. So, um, and I also think that, that that's motivating them that they lost that match earlier in the year. Um, so they continue working hard and stay very engaged. Um, sometimes it's hard keeping uh, kids engaged when they're coasting through victories and or, yeah. you know, you know, being defeated regularly. Um, so I think they're at a, a kind of a pivotal point there where they lost that one and it re-energized them a bit to stay focused. So um, they have, they have uh, high expectations and uh, coach coach brings that about in the program. So they'll be ready. And, and luckily it's the one sport that there's not a ton of, uh, you know, you, you don't necessarily need a rest between each match. You can bowl five days in a row just fine. So um, I know they got a lot coming up, but it's the one sport we're not too worried about the uh, the fatigue there. Uh, over on the girls' side, it's a similar type of story. Yep. It's it's West Claremont, it's Lebanon, and it's everybody else. And and on the girls' side, both teams are undefeated. And so uh, it, even it, stakes are just as big on the girls' side, and they're going to do battle uh, this coming week. Looking at the uh, the ECC leaderboard right now, as far as team standings go, one two in scoring. You're less than ten pins behind West Claremont as far as team scoring. You know, Hannah right. Rerick, Cassandra Ingram, they're both in the top five individually. You know, yep. Ingram one seventy three, Rerick one ninety three. It, it, what have you seen in terms of the maturation and the growth of this team from the start of the year to now going into this matchup? And they still have they have other matches, you know, to prepare for ahead of West Claremont. So I know I know they're not going to look ahead of that. Uh, but what have you seen with your team, and what have they seen with it themselves that gives them that belief in mind that they can knock off West Claremont? I think the fact that they've bowled together for for a few years um, has really helped them. And, um, you know, there's, it's a sport where you, you have to be, you have to really enjoy it. You know, it can't just be, uh, uh, some, some kids right, wrong or different. They may, they may join the team just for something to do. I think these, uh, these girls really, really love the game of, uh, game of bowling and, and look for ways to improve, um, at their craft. So, um, it's become very competitive for them and that's driven them to, to have great numbers, um, the other thing I'll say is, as we're, as we're going through this, we're, we're, we're hearing a lot of, of uh, top placements across the different sports. And uh, I just wanted to make mention that yeah. we actually looked at it yesterday uh, as I hadn't paid much attention to it going through all this COVID stuff, but we're actually, we finished the fall in third place for the all, all sports trophy uh, in the ECC. And uh, looking at the winter, we were just going through and, and, you know, you have, our boys basketball in the top two there, girls in the top two, wrestling going to be the top one or two, both bowling's top one or two, uh, swimming. Obviously, we have that coming up here and have a, have a good chance at finishing on the top half. Um, academic quiz team as well, and our cheer team's working hard. So um, we're getting excited, man. Maybe make a little push yeah. for that thing and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, be in the running in the spring. But across the board, it's really cool to see um, how awesome we're doing uh, in every sport. And this is your first year at Lebanon and you're coming in and you're trying to figure things out along the fly on the fly. You're seeing how these programs are performing on the fly and you're trying to manage it all during a pandemic and you're trying to get these seasons in, which you've done a great job at that uh, thus far. What is it like for you to now you're in midway through the winter season roughly 
You talked about all the strong performances in the fall. It has not dropped off in the wintertime, and mm-hmm. the belief is that'll continue into the spring. For the new guy in town, for lack of a better phrase, what's that been like for you to see these results come in and see that every time out, and no matter what sport it is, Lebanon is right there among the elite in a brand-new conference? Well, I haven't, I haven't stopped much to reflect on it. I think the main thing is that uh, we were playing and that the kids were really having – um, a good experience. So figuring out a way to, to make all these things go for them. Um, I think now we're just looking at how, how do we come out on the other end and now maybe we can roll up our sleeves and look at some more big picture things as, as hopefully COVID starts to wind down. But um, yeah, I, I guess um, just haven't taken much time to reflect on, on the success. And that's why I'm saying just looking at that yesterday and realizing, um, you know, not only are, are, are we come in and are competing, um, you know, we're at the upper echelon of the conference um, because of our success across the board. It's not credited to one program or the other, but I think yeah. I'm most proud of the consistency uh, that we have. So continuing to try to, um, you know, work on that and make that um, a, a constant across all of our programs that um, our expectations are to be hard to be up there and um, continue to uh, maintain that level of, of consistency. You talked a, a little while before about culture within particular programs and the way they're able to build up specifically. I know we touched on that with the wrestling program and everybody that you lost from a year ago and where they are now seemingly haven't missed much of a beat at all. How much would you say that is the overall success is a byproduct of the culture, given the fact that, you know, you're the new man on campus, you're you're you know, you've got a, a, way, a certain ways you want to do things. And yet it's it seemingly it, you're just keeping the train rolling. And how much of that to, do you give credit to the staffs that you had in place coming in that have just kept things rolling? Oh, I think there's, I think there's a lot of factors. Um, number one is, is the staff and we have tremendous coaches here. Uh, number two, I think that um, the G walk was one heck of a competitive conference um, and their different sports were, um, you know, the big dogs in certain sports were different teams. Um, but uh, we went from the, uh, I believe, the seventh largest school in the GWAC to now the third largest in the ECC, uh, which also helps. Um, yeah. But then uh, that changeover, that GWAC competition really prepared uh, our programs, kids and coaches um, to compete at a high level. Um, I, I can I can see that personally uh, coming over. Um, that we compete at a, a very high level. We train at a high level and our coaches have very high expectations uh, for, for our kids. So I think all of those things factor in, but um, we have tremendous coaches, tremendous kids and tremendous support. So I think, um, I think all those things factor into why we've been able to be successful so far this year, but we want to continue building on it and, um, and raise the bar for each program a little bit uh, year after year. And it seems like every match out, every sport, they continue to just kind of one up each other. And, th- and that can be a, a very good thing as far as that, that healthy competition uh, within the within the athletics program. And uh, they're all doing uh, really, really well at that each and every time out. And uh, we certainly appreciate you here today, Keith, taking a little bit of time to talk about that. Uh, a lot of success continues to go on and uh, look forward to talking more about it uh, when we reconvene next week. All right. Thanks for all you guys do. Appreciate the coverage and uh, go Warriors. That is Lebanon Athletic Director Keith Pantling joining us for this week in Lebanon Warriors Athletics here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.